Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted live on Twitch every Tuesday night. Now, here's your hosts, Cutler and Soul! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, episode 14. Can you believe we've made 14 episodes of this fucking thing? I can't, and I'm here with my co-host, a man who has, I mean, 140 episodes of knowledge left, uh, but maybe not 140 episodes of patience. Soul, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good to be here. Good to be here as always. Fantastic. Guys, we have a special episode today. They're all special. We love every episode equally, but this one is near and dear to our hearts. We've got an absolute <laughs> legend of the OC community joining us. And I say legend, some people think, oh man, this guy, he must be perpetual rank one, the most <laughs> incredible TFT player. No, this man is a legend because he almost single-handedly carries or has carried and will continue to carry the OC tournament scene on his back tycoon welcome to the podcast it is a pleasure to have you thanks <laughs> thanks for the intro thanks for having me uh we like to start off these episodes by getting to know a little bit about our guests uh, discussing where they came from why they're invested in tft and there's a lot to break down when it comes to you because there is a lot of content that you are responsible for that i'd also love to know about so first I'd like to know how you got into TFT and then I'd like to know how you got into creating TFT tournaments and working on TFT events and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, I started TFT in set one, um, like with a lot of players, I guess, played League of Legends. So when TFT came out, got straight onto it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just pretty much started there. I hit Diamond in the first season. Um, season two, I was... Uh, master slash grandmaster hit that there wasn't enough players in grandmaster back then so if you hit master you got grandmaster for free um <laughs> that was a long time ago yeah. with all the spaghetti i remember, ranks, so I remember they, those days yeah i remember those that days. <laughs> yeah um and then yeah from set three was pretty much where i got competitive um so i i peaked rank five at like a thousand and something lp in set three um competed in the the first regional event that was run by um the, other people, I can't remember the name of the company that ran it. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much just been hitting Challenger every set since then. I usually just try to hit it, don't try to maintain high rank or anything, but yeah, just enjoy playing the game. So, like everyone else, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I mean, you wouldn't be here if you didn't love the game. What I want, what I want to know from you, sort of now, is is where you got the interest and the desire to start working on and creating tft events for the community where did that sort of want pop up in in your life well it was actually suggested by someone else on the um competitive tft subreddit um some guy was like oh i want to run tournaments in oc does anyone want to help me i was like yeah sure i'll, I'll do it um turned out he didn't want to really do it and it just ended up me being the whole thing uh, that was fine <laughs> it was it was short-lived with him but yeah we moved on and yeah I, I started running friday fiesta at the start of uh 2020 um it was pretty much right when covid came like started hitting big um lost my job and everything so i was just kind of sitting at home playing tft every day 
Um, and yeah, I was like, well, if I'm sitting here, I may as well run some tournaments, try to make it more competitive. Um, by the end of set three, I, I was doing tournaments every week, um, Friday Fiesta every week, trying to improve it. Um, ran my own little championship. And then pretty much during the in-between set three and set four, I contacted one of the people at Riot. Well, I didn't really contact them. I more like just saw a thread of theirs on the competitive TFT subreddit and commented and said, hey, I run tournaments. Let me run regionals. Um, and they pretty much put me in contact with a person, with another person that put me in contact with the order um, that was kind of in the bidding to run regionals. So then I just joined up with them and, yeah, I've just been running regionals since pretty much. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Cool. Uh, talk to me a little bit about order. Um, order has the, the, the basically the contract, I guess, through set eight. So we're going to be seeing a lot yeah. of, a lot of uh, order, regional events, MSI, uh, like cups, different kind of cups and things all through order. Um, tell me about what, so what the sort of the, like what it's like working on a, on a tournament, working on an event. Is it, um, a stressful experience? Uh, is it a, an enjoyable experience? Talk to me a little bit about that process. Uh, well, on the day, it's definitely very stressful, <laughs> um, especially for the open qualifiers when you've got our most recent one, our biggest one yet. We had 240 players. Um, so it's kind of got to the point where we're realizing like having a bit of scaling issues. So I need to get other people to come in and actually help me do things like scoring because there's just so many people. Um, but before the tournaments, like it's all pretty straightforward now. I've got everything down to like a method of how I like will create the tournament, um, how I make everything like flow together. And a lot of the stuff I can just kind of bring over from old formats and stuff like that. And anything that we notice that we can like improve on and stuff, we just kind of tweak that old format and just kind of keep recreating it to improve it each set, I guess. Like we always make small changes every set, whether people notice them or not, they're always there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I have competed in only one TFT tournament in my life, mostly because they occur on weekends when I don't like using my computer. Um, yeah, and that might be yeah. weird to a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, thinking that we're all a bunch of big nerds, but it's not always the case. <laughs> um, sometimes we cannot do Friday and Saturday evenings uh, in general. I will say um, what uh, what is really interesting about the events is that the very first couple I remember watching when I was first getting into TFT were very, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but they were very slow. There was a, a significant breaks between rounds and things like that. Now, I mean, it, it feels like a well-oiled machine. Do you think that you guys have sort of nailed down a little bit of a format on, on how to make everything fit together and these kind of things sort of sped up a little bit? Yeah, the, the main thing is having like uh, sub players to kind of sub in mm. if we get if get the chance because the pretty much what causes everything to slow down, especially with your open qualifiers, is if one lobby starts later because we're doing the seeding for the next round when that lobby finishes. Um, so essentially you've got to wait for all the lobbies to be able to finish before you can generate the next one. So all these other people that started 10 minutes late earlier, they then finish 10 minutes earlier and they're just sitting there waiting for this last lobby to finish. So having um like a queue and stuff for substitutes to come in um that makes it a lot better and we've we've been a lot uh rather i've been a lot more active on finding like substitute players and setting them up before we get to the next rounds and whatnot or, or rather when people get eliminated 
Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Sol, I'm sure you've got plenty of questions about events and things like that. Um, Tycoon, I know we sort of talk about this on all of our podcasts, but and those of us who listen regularly will know that both Sol and I come from a, a competitive card game background, so we're very used to tournaments. We're very used to the what? tournament format and how what it's card set game, uh, I, I come from a Pokemon background and Soul comes oh, from a Magic background. Oh, uh, see, I was more of a Yu-Gi-Oh player. Oh, okay. We've got oh, the holy. Yeah. We got yeah. the holy trio. I, I played a bit of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went, yeah. I went to a couple of YCSs. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we only get a My Little Pony and a Netrunner player, we'll have everybody all together, I think. And a Dragon Ball Z card <laughs> game player or something. <laughs> So we, we're very familiar with the tournament format and something that we discussed sort of in depth last week, and we have actually been discussing quite frequently recently is, is the improvement quote unquote of TFT events. I'm wondering if you think that there's a future in long form TFT weekly events, a bit like your Friday Fiesta, but that rotate throughout a whole competitive season. So it's it kind of works but it's hard to find people to commit to it um yeah. so you've got you've got to find a way to solve the problem of half your people not showing up each week because yep. um it was the or well, one of the unis in western australia i can't remember i can find it if you really wanted to um but they they ran a league essentially last set um and yeah their, their issue was pretty much half their players just weren't showing up each week um, like it was a uni club thing, but they still open it up to all unis, so any uni could uh, compete essentially. Um, but yeah, it's just the people not showing up, and I think Summoner Society at the moment is also running one, um, which is Tuesday nights. I've been playing in it. Um, I think they're pretty much having the same issue. I I've tried reading their rules; I didn't really understand it. Um, I, I think they have a way around it, but. It's probably better to ask them about it because <laughs> I don't. I read their rules and I was like, "Huh." <laughs> so, um, the, the, yeah, the the issue just comes down to people not committing, like not showing up, and you've you've got to find a way to, to get around that or have substitutes or I don't know something. You, the fact that TFT has no custom lobbies kind of hurts us a lot. Yeah, that's interesting, and we'll definitely get on to like optimizing TFT in the future. I think that there's a really interesting discussion to be had there, but I want to talk a little bit more about yourself specifically um you find the time not only to run all these events but as you just said you play quite a significant amount of tft you play weekly i mean you try to maintain challenge every set that's very impressive um what is it about tft that's so engrossing to you you think um it feels like it's got a lot of skill expression um, and I'm also very boomer, so I can't play the fast action games. Uh, Same. <laughs> yeah, I suck at shooters. Um, but yeah, no, I, just, I don't know. I just love the game. Like, I've always been a fan of card games, like Hearthstone, Yu-Gi-Oh, things like that. Um, and TFT is pretty much just like another card game. Um, it's got a bit more to it, obviously, but, um, yeah, just, just love the game style, love the pace of it. Don't have to break my wrists or anything to get good at it um yeah it's just it's chill i feel like tft is just chill to get high ranking in <laughs> what i've always said is that tft doesn't break your brain it breaks your heart and yeah. i always i feel well similarly about that <laughs> as i have ever since i started playing this game in set two um, definitely feels like it breaks your mental sometimes yeah, oh, it definitely <laughs> does um i want to talk about that that mentality point of view because we're coming up on a very big 
TFT event that we'll get into very soon. But I, I want to talk about the sort of tournament preparation. We've had a lot of competitive players on in the past few weeks, uh, in the past few months, even since we started, and they all talk about preparation for tournaments and things like that. Do you find that there's a significant um, difference in, let's say, people who you speak to or who you have spoken to who say, man, I prepared really hard for this event, or... I didn't actually do all that much preparation. I just kind of showed up on the day. We've met plenty of people like both of these people before. Do you think that applies for TFT as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it comes down to like the, it's the same thing as people that like study for the exam slash people that don't and cram it in at the last minute. Um, <laughs> it works for some people, doesn't work for everyone, right? Um, I definitely have to play uh, a lot more um, over a longer period of time for me to climb. Um, I can't just like jump in and play like 20 games and climb like 300 LP or something like I'll, I'll just slowly get there the whole, the whole way over the set just slowly getting better yeah um, Sol I mean have you got any questions for, for Tycoon around around the sort of the tournament structure the format any anything uh, like that yeah yeah uh, I can definitely think of something <laughs> a little on the spot but um I mean, I think like, ooh, what's the, what would be the way to put it? I think like the the biggest one that like comes to mind is probably to do with um because I've talked about it a bit already on the pod um and it's to do with sort of sample size for um tournaments right I think that's been sort of a almost a sort of hotly debated topic in the community as to like is five games really enough you know like uh, there was a recent controversy with um Remkev where um he i think it's like he didn't make day three or something or day two of what basically he couldn't advance uh to one of the days of the open cup despite not bothering a single lobby um simply because this like the scores a reset and the sample size was also just very very small so i guess i just it's a very general question on just like what are your thoughts on sort of the current state of you know the amount of games that people like you know that we're playing in tourneys whether you think you know um we would do better with more whether you know you're happy with it or maybe you know Things like that, basically. Yeah. Um, so with this one, it, it's obviously a bigger one to go through, but I think five to six games is pretty much ideal. Um, I don't think you should really go under five ever, because um, hmm. that, that that is just way too small of a sample size. Like like you said, it's just four four games and getting knocked out, just or even three. Like it's it's not enough games. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah maybe exactly. in a for fun tournament, absolutely. Hmm. But in a, in a bigger tournament, um, five to six, the the, my main gripe between five and six games is you often get with six you often get into a place where there'll be someone that's so far behind even if they went first place they can't um proceed any further so in that last game there's like there's no real reason for them to play at all right um, yeah a lot of them still do um but you can tell a lot of people give up um which is like it, it just makes that last game uh quality a lot worse um and it's not really uh contributing to the scores because it's like you've got people inting people that have given up type thing because they don't need to play that game um mm -hmm. so someone's farming a free first pretty much which mm -hmm. shouldn't i don't think should impact your overall standings but at the same time five games kind of comes a little bit into not too many games um because yeah. there's definitely people at the end of five games that could make it if they played another game um yeah so it's hard to say um, but I, for more consistent events, I try to tweak the scoring, um, so have more even scoring and more games. 
Um, if we're going five games, that's when you've got you'll usually like the ten points for first and then eight points for second, yep. etc. Um, whereas like the MSI that's coming up, it's a very straightforward format. Um, it's just a straight six games. Um, the lobbies will be changed every every round with some seating, but it's pretty much just six games. Um, points coming in, uh, eight points for first, one point for last, and mm. you just keep going. And the bottom eight players gets cut each day. So you'll, you'll have a, a lower average that you need to, to make it to day two, um, and then a higher average placement that you'll need to make it to day three. Hmm. Just kind of rewarding consistency, I guess. Yeah, so that's actually so interesting for me to hear. Yeah, so it's like, it's more, I mean, like some of the problems that we're seeing almost has like as much to do with the way that it's actually scored rather than, to, than just like the amount of games that are played. Does that... Is that sort of right on the like? Is that sort of on the ballpark? Or... Yeah. Well, you've you can't just keep the same scoring for everything. Pretty much, you've got to change yeah. it up based on on what mm-hmm. you're doing. Like especially with things like checkmate format, that's a controversial one, but Worlds does it, so we've got to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's you, you've got to keep in mind pretty much everything when making a tournament. Like how many players you have, mm-hmm. um, yep. how many days it goes for. Like there's a lot of different factors you have to kind of take into consideration when making a format. Um, so yeah, it, it, it can change a lot, but yeah, I think five to six games for pretty much any format is, is ideal. Okay. Sweet. Really? That's really interesting. Um, I don't want you to be like, I, you don't have to answer this question. It's more hypothetical than anything. I just want to say, is there anything in the, do you think that there's things in the works to reformat? to work on i imagine that riot are very much speaking with competitive players working on these tournaments trying to make them as as good as they possibly can is there a is there anything that you can sort of say about the change in tft tournaments that we may see or or anything that maybe even personally you'd like to see in the future um I would like to see spectator mode. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically we've got it. Um, yeah, I was about to say, technically we have it, sort of, kind of, yeah. It's, it's all right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like to see more um, more placements going into Worlds itself is my biggest thing I would like to see. It's really unfair to the regions that are getting one person um, go into Worlds, uh, like us, Japan, etc. Like, I understand the bigger regions have more players, but that's already an advantage to them, so I don't really understand why they get more advantage to send more players. Um, but, like, format-wise, I mean, it's it's still evolving. Like, we're just... You can see it happening um, over in NA as well. Like, everyone's just adapting as things change, trying to improve stuff. Like, it's a very... An eight-person free-for-all is a very hard thing to actually score. Um, yeah. It's such an awkward format to build things for, especially when you have then like multiplying it by multiple lobbies. Um, it, it would be a lot easier if it was like a 2v2, for example, but the, it is what it is and we've got to make it work. So um, there will always be small changes, but yeah, I don't know. Let us, let us send more people to Worlds, have it, make it be a bigger event with more players. Um, that's probably my, my main thing I want to see changed in the whole larger format. Oh, absolutely. We've, we're big advocates for that kind of thing. I mean, at this point, we've earned it, if you know what I mean? 
the players that we've yeah. sent to worlds in the last few sets have been incredible done incredibly well done great things yeah i think um the next person the next three people the next 10 people that we send to worlds will all do great things um it's about time that that we're recognized for that and to be honest every every server that has the same problem should feel the exact same way they all deserve it equally uh we've seen some great performances from so many different players on so many different events and servers all across the world that the tft is getting bigger it's a big game so yeah. many people love it so many people want to play it there there's only more effort going into the creation of the game the development of the game the tournament aspect of the game so i mean the player base of the biggest event should probably affect that and reflect that in some way yeah absolutely um and absolutely. just like to finally point out before we move on as we always discuss this justice for southeast asia if you are a southeast asian <laughs> player you deserve representation on the world stage you are part of yep oceania and we want you to play yeah, we've, we've tried, or Order as well has tried putting forward that we could run it, but it's pretty much just always a no from Riot. I still don't know why they can't exactly do it. I've heard rumors and stuff, but there's no news on SEA competing anytime soon that I'm aware of. And we will keep trying to do what we can to get that as visible as possible and hopefully change their mind one day. Yeah. Just have to keep nagging. Just yeah. have to keep nagging. We have to keep talking. <laughs> I mean, about eventually, it. eventually, Riot has to acknowledge us, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, is what from what I know, uh, I think it's from from talking to is it Keith. I'm pretty sure it's from. I try to remember who I talked to with this conversation. I'm pretty sure it's from talking to Keith. Um, Kajals. Uh, uh, it's more, it's partly Riot's fault, but it's also just partly to do with the region itself, just because like, uh, SC, like, SC has just so many different like, so many different like countries all together in the region and a part of the issue has to do with just no one from there really being interested in really cooperating with riot so it's sort of just yeah i think it's got something to do with garena and whatnot it's to do with garena that's the one yeah it's to do with garena yeah 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 so it's just this it's a bit of a mess a bit of a complicated issue but uh i mean hopefully yeah hopefully they can get it sorted it would be really good to have sea at worlds especially considering the caliber of players that they've got they don't have a huge player base but they've got some really good players Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I think we all know that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's time that we get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast and what we're going to be discussing today. And that is, of course, the upcoming MSI. I'm first going to frame this around the fact that we've just had an MSI, a North American MSI. And that's where we're going to start. I'm going to start with you, Sol. It's just finished a couple of days ago as of recording. There were some very interesting results. And I want to sort of talk to you about those results in of itself did you see anything yeah. from this tournament that excited you for uh, this coming weekend's msi mm, eh, that is kind of established at this point to be honest so i kind of saw a lot of what uh i've already been seeing i just i saw so so yeah sort of saw a lot that i was always already expecting to see right um you know you see a lot of uh, especially like in a region like na that's very well known for playing just strongest board very uh very consistent very stable uh you know strongest board fast a roll down play around four cost it's very very typical in na so uh didn't really see too much in the way of re reinventing the wheel so yeah you see a lot of just playing around four costs 
Um, nothing too much in terms of like reroll. Uh, there's like a little bit of reroll, but not too much of it. Um, so yeah, it's just very like standard, I guess. So always saying I'm not that excited going into this set only because I've seen a lot of these comps already before. And at this point, the set is very much known. We're at the very end of the cycle of the set. What is exciting, however, is the players. And Tycoon, I want to ask you this question specifically. What makes an interesting TFT event to you? Interesting TFT event? Um, I mean, I find most of them interesting, I guess. Like, I, I pretty much watch every tournament I, I run. Um, I guess the more interesting ones is... Uh, I hate to say it, but like the checkmate format games, they do have me a lot more on the edge of my seat um, when it is coming down to those like last two games. Um, I guess that's probably my most like more interesting. Um, uh, once like I've I've watched a lot of tournaments, like I've won a lot of tournaments. I've watched a lot of <laughs> tournaments. Watching like six games in a row, like by like game four, I'm just kind of <laughs> chairs fully reclined. <laughs> Not really paying much attention to the game, just waiting for the scores to come in. So, um, checkmate format, I guess, being a little bit quicker, um, having a bit more hype to it does make it a bit more interesting for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think um, it is very exciting. We've discussed this quite in depth on the podcast about how it's exciting, but is but is it perfect? Um, is there even a way to make it, is there is there even a way to, to yeah. change the checkmate format to be perfect? You mentioned earlier that two v two would be an easier seeding method for you. Why do you think that is? Two v two. Oh, I just meant like straight two v two, not in like duo, um, yeah. double up. Um, yeah. just because it's like it's just easier because you can give people like buys and stuff right <laughs> you can't really give people a buy in tft um yep. so if, if there's players missing and stuff like if you've got one person missing in a lobby of tft you can't play that game until you find someone to replace it um and giving seven people a buy like how much points do you give each person type thing um and then someone's going to be knocked out because they took the buy and it wasn't enough points and then ugh. um <laughs> so um I kind of lost my train of thought a bit, but yeah, it just less less players in a lobby would be ideal, but it's not really possible, obviously. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, even if that person can't participate, surely having a, I don't know, even like some sort of dummy account just in there as an automatic eighth place would even liven things up just slightly. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much what we do. It's in our rules. Um, if we can't find someone, um to to substitute in so like someone that's got knocked out to replace the person that's just gone afk into the next round um we do have that backup of putting a, a an a admin account or usually my account just logs in um and just full afks in it i have heard stories <laughs> yeah it's not something i like to do like i i it's pretty much last resort i've had mm -hmm. to do it less than like two three times oh thank god <laughs> yeah it's it's not something that yeah, happens yeah. often yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Let's keep talking about MSI because what do you think we can expect in terms of the player base? We have some incredibly strong Oceanic TFT players. I mean, I'd just ask you straight up who your favorite is for the event. Uh, for the event? Um, I mean, Andy's playing in it, so he makes my spreadsheets for the tournament, so 
I gotta I gotta back Andy for the night. Um <laughs> who else? I think Tamura seventy seven's looking pretty good. Um Chunga showing a lot of strength on the ladder at the moment, did really well in the um uh challenger series. Like really like yeah, he almost took it out in three games. Um if he didn't blow that third game, it would have been gone in three like, <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. is is wild. Um, who else is on there? There's a lot of new names on there. Um, because I don't think we've had Kade, um, Adior from Swanson. Yeah, there's a couple of new names on there, so it'll be you interesting. Um, because there's a lot of like there's a lot of um wild cards in there from the cups essentially, especially the ones from the first cup, the Innovator Cup that was quite a while ago now. Um. Most of them, you can see them on the ladder. Um, snapshots are still quite high, um, but there is a few that are like pretty far down on the ladder snapshots, which means they haven't been actively playing or might not be actively playing on their main accounts. So, um, but yeah, you can really see that there is a lot of people in there with a much bigger LP difference compared to the others. So, uh, I uh, this tournament rewards consistency. So I think those players that are quite highly ranked, especially on the latter snapshots, because that's like more over the course of the series, um, they're they're probably going to be the ones making it to to regionals with those eight spots up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. I want to sort of before we look ahead to regionals, I want to ask: um, having these mid-season events just before the end of a set aka we're basically what a week out from set 6.5 or so um is there any is there ever any thought to uh saying that set six is over maybe we should pick this up again in set 6.5 or is msi seen from i guess a tournament organizer perspective or maybe even a riot perspective as a really nice way to send off a set that's leaving well, it's it's the finale of the set, so yeah. it's it's at the end of the set. One bigger thing to keep in mind with these tournaments near the end of sets too is the the patches are more figured out. Riot intentionally does less changes within these last couple of weeks of each set um, to not like upset the meta that much to make it so that these tournaments especially don't have like bugs and stuff like that. Um, but so they have more like set metas and like everyone kind of knows what they're doing already to. I guess increase skill expression um rather than just kind of playing random stuff like you are at the start of a set um like yeah I, I think the end of the set is always pretty much the best for it um in the second half of the set it's a little bit earlier um but that's just because we need to give them time to actually run worlds and stuff which comes like a month later after regionals or two three weeks later after regionals yeah interesting very, very interesting. That's um, not something that I considered, actually. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about 6.5. Have you been playing all that much on the PBE? Um, I actually don't play PBE. Um, I, I, don't like, like, I don't like spoiling the sets for myself Why before they're actually out. Um, I prefer to play it when it's like, it's all new, it's all crisp, I can play it on live, a lot less bugs, a lot less lag. Um, I, just, I just don't like enjoying the experience of the new set on beta realms that's pretty much it <laughs> i i'll watch a couple of videos like every yep. now and then but pretty much i i'm not going to look at any 6.5 content until until it comes out fascinating you're not the only person that's like that no doubt um there certainly are people that don't like the set spoiled for them 
in, in any way. And I think that that's really uh, it's really fascinating, really interesting. Let's um, let's sort of talk about the sort of the f final bit of information about this tournament, which is of course the top eight going through to regionals, and that is going to be coming up, I guess what like you said three or four weeks before the world championships so is that correct a couple of weeks before usually a month before oh as in when regionals is yeah um so regionals is on the first and third and world should be like usually i think it's two two or three weeks after that yeah hmm. i don't know if i have an exact date for it or not and I don't know if I'm even allowed to share that date if I did have it. So, <laughs> no, I wouldn't want you to get in there. I'm not going to comment on it just because I don't know if yep. I'm allowed to. <laughs> mm -hmm. no, Definitely no. wouldn't want you to get in there. I mean, if you've, if you've done anything to do with TFT and Riot, you'd know that they follow the exact same timing schedule for literally everything, as in when their sets come out, when their patches come out. Um, you can draw a straight line. You can figure out when the championship will be. <laughs> All right, guys. So everybody get your calendars out and check when the last regionals was and just assume it'll be on the exact same date, roughly. Yeah, it probably is, to be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That's a good way to do it. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, their, their sets are exactly six months long, so it makes it very easy for me to plan stuff i always double check the dates for the patches with riot but yeah i i guess them all and then i just get them to confirm it like three weeks later when they respond to me <laughs> talk to me about set six a little bit now that we're at the end of it is this a set that you've enjoyed the augments the changes in uh basically every you know they've changed a lot of system stuff they've completely reworked a whole bunch of things during this time is it something you've enjoyed Generally, would you put it as up there as like a, a set favorite of yours as someone who's played for a long time? It's not my favorite, that's for sure. Um, it's not bad. I won't, I'm not like, I do play it. It's not bad. Um, I'm not a huge fan of arguments though. I, I can't wait for them to be gone. I hate the variance in my opener and like looking at my opener compared to someone else's and it's like you, even before the set, you're like, oh, my opener's bad. You look at everyone else and you're like, oh, they're kind of cracked. This set, it's like, oh, my argument and my open is bad. And you look at someone else's board and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm getting 5 0 every single round. Like, good, good old yeah. bit. Everything's too solid. Yeah. But whereas every other set, you kind of want more of an even ground. Like with your Chosens, um, what, what else was there? The Galaxies. What was set 5? I don't even remember set uh, 5 anymore. 5 was Shadow Island. Oh, Shadow, Shadow Island. Island. Yeah. yeah, look, it's not. 5.5 was probably better than. It's it's better than um shadow items, that's for sure. I was gonna say five point five was probably the most like uh least like variance in, in openers, yeah. I would say five point five. So yeah. it had the least amount of like uh heavy RNG at the very beginning, right? Um it, it was more in later game. Like you spiked later via like Stimmy and like Radiant Armory and stuff in five point five. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I loved Stimmy, um I loved the armories, like it was just so consistent and you could really just kind of build the perfect items. And this set's just like you want some random shit? Here are three random options. Good luck. And you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they're bad options, well, sucks mm -hmm. to be you. <laughs> See you in bot four. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I will take, I'm going to take a guess and say that one of set one or set three was your favorite set, would you say? Um. Yeah, probably set three or 3.5 for sure. Yeah. 
as it is with most people. Um, for life. Yeah. <laughs> what if I was... One was like way too long ago for me to yeah. even remember, to be honest. Well, okay, one is purely good for the nostalgia. If you look yeah. at one objectively, yeah. it is not a good set. No, it's instead of the four. No, that was not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three rows instead of four. Everything's yeah. like super buggy. Like there's so many broken yeah. interactions. Hextech Phantom. Oh. Oh, the, the game has definitely improved a lot <laughs> yeah, since yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> Player. The set is still good. It's just my enjoyment of arguments. I, I it's just not there. I, I'm I'm keen for the next set's theme already. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because they've suggested that arguments are staying around in some form as time goes on. Um, yeah, they might. Ugh, maybe they'll do something like with the armories, like make it. I don't know. They're gonna do something. They certainly are gonna theme? do something. The thing that set six has taught me, like the with augments, the biggest frustration is like all the trait based augments. I feel like that's like where the key source of frustration comes from. Yeah. Like, not just like I think like the hearts and the spatulas are fine. It's the ones that are like uh, like 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 sniper's nest, payday, uh I don't know, loot reserves or whatever, like gold reserves or whatever. Yeah, the ones that are garbage. <laughs> no, those it's not okay, it's like good if you play the synergy and then yeah, utter shit if you yeah, don't you play don't, the synergy. Yeah. And so then if you like, play the synergy, it's like, well, I've yeah. got to intentionally make a crap board when yeah, I yeah, be yeah. playing like Yone or Jim. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I think when you get offered those ones, particularly at one four, those games just feel so uphill. Yeah. And the thing is, is that even if you take it and you hit, it doesn't even feel good because you didn't feel like you made any decisions. You're just like, I went for this very obvious vertical thing and I hit. Oh, yep. congrats, nice, I won. So I was like, yeah, what can you do? <laughs> It's interesting as someone that's played a, a little bit of five or sorry 6.5 i will say that they have done a relatively good job of addressing a lot of the problems that people have with augments and that is the serious serious variance that comes from oh i get gold reserves plus uh i don't know two other shit ones you know like all, reserves, my... all for one sniper's nest does yeah. your three one four augments Exactly. I don't know if they're the right tier, but you know, you get the idea. I said bruiser heart in there or something. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Check a bruiser heart. <laughs> I certainly feel that a lot of what they've focused on is clearly redefining a lot of the early game, like a lot of the um silver augments, because now they actually impact your board in like a reasonable way. Um, obviously, you said you don't want to. Sp- no not many spoilers or anything like that i will just say like there are augments that give all your units like mana per second um attack speed you know things like that there's certainly less less trait reliance or generic stuff yeah and it's It's a lot more it's a lot more balanced around board strength like actually making sure that your board has reasonable um like forward planning that kind of thing uh you're able to work towards having a significant like just good board in the early game you don't go super far yeah. behind anything like that well riot has like pretty much with every 0.5 set it's been probably better than the set like the other half before it um they i guess they just take out everything that they don't like um yeah. and make the make the final version and make it i guess what they really wanted the set to be um but yeah they in my books every 0.5 set has pretty much been better than the, the set before it, so I wouldn't be surprised if the next one's better. 
that's interesting. Yeah, your thoughts on four point five actually specifically? Which one? Uh, was that, that was the shadow? With Not even four point five could save four, set four. To be honest, four point five. No, no, no. Because my hot take is that set four was good. Four point five actually like four point five was like the one that had four. Kale. That's the hottest four, fucking take I've like, had in my Kale, entire life. Olaf, in the mirror. Like yeah, no, set four and five was good. Yeah, that was that was really five meta. was good. Set four was fucking. That was keep shit, meta. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I That's... mean, I mostly agree with that statement. So like, set three point five better than set three. Five point five definitely better than five. So I mostly agree with that statement. God, Sol, I didn't expect you to have such a loose opinion. I can't believe that. Set four was awful. It, it really I hated set four. set four so much. Really? Oh I really like set four. Starter set four? I can't even remember what it was. Starter Ash. set four was every you only played Ash. Dusk Riven. Riven. Dusk uh, Riven Ash. It was Riven and Cassiopeia, wasn't it? Weak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and Kane? Kane and Zed? Spirit Zed? Yeah. Kane. I loved Spirit Zed. Spirit Zed was bussing. Spirit it's Ari so fun, was though. a bit broken. Um, yeah, yeah. Come on, Seth was better than 415. No, yeah. way. 415 was like, I don't know. Bro, just for that but... two weeks where every three people in the lobby played Warwick, I'm not ranking that set highly. Oh, I, I refuse. War yeah, Warwick is torture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Warwick is also. But look, 4 had the most flexible itemization of any set. You can literally build any item in 4. 4 is when, like, Zeke's Herald and Chalice, like, slimes were good. Like, you feel like slime yeah. those items. I mean, you can do that four point five too, but like you did that four, like you play like GS on like. You can do that now. Uh, you can do that now. You just you, the only reason you couldn't do it was set five when they ruined the items for an entire six months. True, that's that's, that's the only. Yeah, you're just forgetting items. because there was like a six. Yeah, look, there was a six months I break like PTSD where you couldn't play. Everyone, look, I think I think I think TFT players can be pretty divided on most things. I think most players, one thing they can agree on. Shadow Islands is shit. Yeah. <laughs> the one yeah, thing that unites all TFT players. I think we all agree Shadow Islands is shit. Yeah. Radio Islands and, and Set lit. 3 was good. Radio Islands was lit though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio Islands was good. Should have just done that from the start. Would have been yeah. great. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't expect that. <laughs> that was a good tangent. <laughs> that was a good tangent. And I think we can all agree Set 3.5 was the best TFT set that's ever been. We can all agree on that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. 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 And if galaxies they, were so good, and they I they remove it all like kind of the bad galaxies by that point as well, like oh, what was it, lilac and um... lilac. Uh... They removed medium legends. Oh, medium legends game went for so long. For so long. Little the legends, so long I loved little legends. I was They're such like an aggressive legends? player. Yeah, I would just yeah, level yeah. up at every. In yeah, everyone like, just full centered yeah. on that galaxy. That's what yeah. I remember. Everyone just. Full center. They're like stage four, and you're like, yeah, I'm top four. <laughs> it was the one where at two, yeah. where is it? Was the one at two one where everybody got a um a fawn? Oh, uh, yeah. They fixed it. They fixed it. It was yeah. two one. Yeah, it was two one in set three. Three point five. It was three, three one. I think three. Like yeah, three. I remember yeah, in two the one, there was people that would just level to five and have six one star units. At yeah, two and one. you just you uh, just yeah, get yeah. dumpstered with damage if uh, you have yeah, a yeah, one fawn was. Oh, you'd no. be twenty yeah. health at you'd be twenty health at wolves, and you'd be like, oh, I guess I lose. That's it. Was it lilac? Was the one with the four cost? Four cost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my and favorite. You get one. Kill. That was you my get favorite. Kill, one. Or you get like the Aurelia with the sword or something. Yeah, You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's done. No, I, <laughs> oh, you get the fizz. You yeah, the fizz, me, me fizz only, mech. baby. I hit mech at two one. Oh, fizz, yeah. Two one mech. I miss mech. That was such a good set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's two one. Yeah, there were so many good units. I mean, the units were probably overall like all of them were broken but that's what made it fun yeah and what was the that was 
Uh, 4.5 had Rebels as well with the Aurelian Soul yeah. spaceship. Yeah, yeah, Rebels. Yeah, 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 Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. My, yeah. my first three star five course was an Aurelian Soul that got one shot by a three star victor before it did anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so happy. Yeah. And then it literally it went on the board and it was dead in like 0.5 seconds. I was like, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is back when they literally did not balance four costs. Like when just three star four costs were just yeah, three star like, four costs were just wiping and not balanced. Yeah, yeah, three star four costs. But this yeah. is also the time where they wanted one star five costs to be really broken as well. Like they really wanted them to like flex and be able to be played on any board. So you just yeah, go you level just pick eight, up a five cost and throw it in. Search for gangplank as quickly as you possibly yeah, could. Just, just, just GP one GA Dika Dika, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Good to go. You can tie boards. Yep. Split. <laughs> and you get the mercenary buffs in the shop to make it do the double hit. Yeah. Double shot. Inst and the instant clear yeah. the entire one. enemy board. Yeah. yeah. You get the bigger range to hit the back lines. Boof. That was the first week of set <laughs> oh, three, wasn't so it? Where it was like Rebels was super busted and everyone just went fast eight into Rebels and with two star gameplay. Uh, yeah. Fast HP. Yeah. I yeah, used yeah. to play Red Buff Jinx all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She had, um, was it sharpshooters where it would like shoot four targets at once? Yeah. Blasters, blasters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you'd start off with Lucian Red Bluff and you just you just be like, well, I get the free win streak. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, 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 you'd start, you'd play three cybers and then you'd just fast eight because that's all you needed. Yep. But yeah, I'm pretty Fair sure enough. you could get six. Could you get six cyber at level six? I think you could, right? Because you could just hit Aurelia at level six. Yeah, you had to get Aurelia. Uh, in uh, 3.5, you could, yeah. Oh, because in... there was Vayne. They didn't have Vayne. Three, Vayne. Three, 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 you needed yeah. Echo. Oh, yeah, true. Three required an Echo. And yeah, three, three like, Cybers uh, was a thing, but, like, it didn't become, like, uh, like really good dominant, until dominant until 3.5. Yeah. When, it brought, yeah. when, yeah, when Vayne was introduced, yeah. Yeah, the old, what was it, Last Whisper? Mm. Last Whisper, IE. IE, can't remember the third item, was it? No, it was just anything, GSBT, it could be anything, yeah. yeah but Last Whisper IE is what you needed. Yeah, and, and she was just asking everything. One star vein would just wash out everything. Team so Snipers was my favorite. God, Astro Snipers was so much fun. Oh. Bard, yeah. Yeah, Bard was so good. Farming meeps in the early game. Oh. I still maintain that Bard is the most ambitious unit they've ever made. I don't think that yeah. anything that they've tried since has even come close to the ambition oh. that Bard. Thresh that pulled in the units off the bench was pretty busted. Yeah, five plus Thresh was cool too. That yeah. was cool. I, I, I have a lot, added a lot more that, like though. thought into like what you wanted to keep on your bench in the late game. Um, I really liked that that you could like specifically pull in certain things, um, and then like you would buy something different the next one after to make sure like it gets bought in second with yeah, the extra mana. Like pull in something with CC, like yeah, pull in a Nautilus for the second cast or something like or a Blitzcrank. And hook their carry after their thieves gloves. Uh, not thieves gloves. What? What's it called again? Ugh. QSS. No, nah, the one that absorbs a spell. I can't remember the name. Oh, trap claw. Trap claw. Yeah. Trap claw. Back when the back when it was actually trap claw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is it called something different now? Yeah, Banshee's Banshee's veil. No, it's called it's, it's more... Banshee's claw. Banshee's claw. Oh. claw. Okay. Same thing. I don't. It's I not trap claw. Item names. <laughs> it's not trap claw. That's yeah, all you need to know. Yeah. Fun. The tangent. Reminiscing about set three. Good times. That's how exciting <laughs> set six is at the moment. We're talking about set three point five. Like it's got, it's got it's... a couple of good comps in the new set. Um like I, I really like all the mutant variants. Um, like with all the different mutant things. I feel like some of the, the mutant traits could be removed. Um, but like the Dark Star mutant, like those can be some of the funnest games you have when you hit like a bunch of ZZ rots and yeah. stuff and you've just gotta 
a Malzahar that's like killing everything with one cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are the dummies too? Yeah. Well, now I'm just sad that Darkstar's not in the game anymore. I remember yeah. they added, they, didn't they add, they added Zerath during the set? Do you guys remember that? Like, it was like in a patch, they just added Wait. a unit. I don't remember that. Really? It came in the half set, I'm pretty sure, didn't it? I was sure that oh, it just no, came no, no, in. Oh, no, 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 it was in set 3. Zerath was definitely in set 3. Yeah, because it didn't start in set 3. It wasn't there on release. It got released, really? like... Okay, I didn't know this. In okay. a I remember they did... Back then, they used to add stuff in the middle of a set. Yeah. They like, felt like it wasn't enough, but now they've got, like, their formula down. Because, mm. yeah, I think in set 2 as well, they were adding... They added in, like, three more champions, and we're like, yeah. here you go, here's a couple more. So one they did that, in one, they did that all the time. Anyone remember Pantheon? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone remember Pantheon? Well, I think they, instead of just randomly adding stuff in, that's where they've gone, yeah. we'll just make a half set instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's better that way, I think. I, I, Yeah, you're right. Every half set's been really good, basically. Um, yeah. Definitely an improvement on what came before. Yeah, think... well, I, they're just basically taking the stuff they don't like and stuff that people complain about away and replacing it with something fresh. It's probably yeah. not too hard of a, a thing to follow. <laughs> well, they haven't gotten rid of everything that was complained about. Chogas still there. Chogas still there. Merc's still there as well. Yeah. Merc's still there, yeah. But Merc got left a lot. Uh, Merc's really yeah. bad in since 6.5. Okay, we won't talk too much about yeah. 6.5 because... Oh, I'll give you something of a spoiler. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not. Surprised. It's worse. It's definitely worse. <laughs> I just, I really just hope it's not like forcible into a lost streak when it comes down to worlds with like potentially a checkmate format because that's just going to be pretty shit. Have, no, see, I... Seeing literally like three people open fort because they're in the threshold and they're just trying to hit mercs. Like, it's yeah. uh, it's actually kind of interesting. I think it's more of like a like on the topic of merc. Can we actually talk about something set six related? I think it's actually an interesting thing where it's actually sort of an inverse effect where, for example, with fortune, right? Um. If you think back to set 4.5 worlds, Fortune was actually very heavily played. Fortune was really, really good. Um, but that was part of that was actually part of a consequence of Fortune in set 4 being really, really bad. Fortune was terrible. I don't know if people remember this. Fortune was terrible in set 4. Yeah. They, no one freaking played Fortune. They needed to they buffed like the drop tables and the cash outs and everything. And that's and that like made its way like that's how like it made its way to 4.5. Then people figured out how to play Fortune, and that was actually really, really good. Whereas Merc this time around, like they've kind of just taken where Fortune was at in 4.5. Ported that to set six. It's clearly obvious it's way too good. So now it's like almost the opposite effect. Well, set, uh, Merc was very, very dominant in set six. I think we'll see in 6.5, like Merc will be in a much, much less dominant state where, like, you know, they're kind of getting like an idea of, like, you know, how much extra gold is, you know, fair and how much is just way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in its current state, like, if you get a, if you high roll a five Merc opener, you pretty much win the game. Oh, yeah, um, for sure in like a prismatic lobby or something um but even like the three three uh, three mark on two one just into a straight like what 10 lost streak or eight lost streak like it's the cash outs are just insane even with like the reduced nikos and stuff it's just if you hit too many item components and stuff or you hit like a couple of item components and a tom kench and you just put the tom kench on and proceed to farm the entire lobby and stage what the end of stage three yeah, for yeah, yeah, like yeah, six exactly. items by the next stage like it's just it's just too much it's too free <laughs> great yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of um a lot of the problem with merc at the moment is that the drop table is actually really good like you don't even have to take in yeah. like, like a 10 loss like you, oh, can, no, you, you can cash don't. out at yeah. three three be level seven fifty gold at three five and all of a sudden you're just like eight eight at four one beat everybody to all the legendaries 
you've got five more items than everybody else it's like it snowballs it snowballs way too much at the moment so i liked what i liked about fortune and i didn't like all that much about it i liked that <laughs> if you if fortune somehow won before like 11 losses they didn't win the lobby from that point yeah it wasn't they like, were strong but they didn't win yeah, yeah. they were no, never they were never so strong that you were like oh uh-oh because the the weight of the cash outs and the loot etc was very high it was like oh 11 loss is the perfect cash out unless you're in this stage or you have these items in which case you want to cash out at nine loss but now it's yep. like oh i can cash out at five get four items and you, you know still exactly what's in there as well yeah yeah exactly mm. and you can't catch up with me because now i can pivot quicker than yep. you and i know what items i have so i, I realistically i think that if they're going to do it they should all in it it should be one of those things where if you get to that point where you get that special cash out you deserve it you deserve to go crazy but it shouldn't you shouldn't get to go crazy for losing five rounds in a row yeah 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 for sure and you shouldn't five change that and just get a free it, first <laughs> yeah it, it definitely does it definitely feels like you're not like i think one of the yeah one of the problems right is that you're not punished enough for like you're getting a luxury grief like right now it's like you're like four or five luxury early and then you get a grief and you're like okay cool take like the 20 extra gold the mercs and just play a real board now you know like okay Traded, yeah. like, there's no downside to accidentally winning other than you didn't get more stuff yeah yeah and the other thing is like i think the other thing with merc is, is that a lot of the merc units are actually good the fortune units were really bad oh <laughs> yeah they were the yeah. fortune units were not good what was it like annie jinx <laughs> with the the, the rocket yeah. that would uh, stun people but the oh. bouncers didn't stun in aoe or some shit like that and darius oh. and three point and four point five oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Annie, um, Sejuani. Can't remember what else it was. Sejuani uh, was good. Sejuani was good, but Sejuani was also a forecast, so she's allowed to be good. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it's like you have, yeah. I mean, with Merc, it's like you have like MF, who's just really good. Like she just does a lot of damage. Like she's just really good. Yeah. But, yeah. You have like Quinn, who's just good utility. It always like decent frontline. Only ones that are, like underwhelmed means GP, but GP was broken at the start. He had to get nerfed a bunch, and then yeah. So I mean. Part of the issue with Merc, right? Like you're not really punished for actually playing Merc. Your board's like not even that bad. It still kills units. Well, yeah, like three five, you just go seven, roll it down, hit a two two star MF, throw whatever components you have on it, and then just cash out because she's so just strong. Cash out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. For Cast sure. one out, it just melts the entire front line of the enemy team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you would never have that happen with like Jinx or like Darius, like. That they were so like hard to cash out with. Fortune. Yeah, exactly. Like I died had so use... many times trying to cash yeah, out. Yeah. You had to use them to cash out, and like you needed items for them. You needed like proper items for them. You needed yep. upgrades. Like it was not that easy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was. I think uh, Fortune had no damage was its main issue. None of none of the units in that comp did any bloody damage. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, with Mercs, you've got like Quinn utility. You've got GP doing a bit with like. If you hit like an ergot on your level seven roll down to cash yeah. out, like you've got twin shots with ergot, maybe chemtech. Like yeah. it's a it's a very strong stable board to just add in with three mercs on like a nine loss. Yeah, it's it's that's the other thing, right? The tags, the tags are insane. Like, you have GP for twin shot, 
for, for, if you want to cash out with Urgot. You have Quinn for Challenger if you want to cash out with Yone or Fiora. Yep. And then you have Emma for Cypher if you want to cash out with Jin. Yep. You can literally cash out around any four cards. Yeah, like, and, and it's got generic frontline. It's got like um, yeah, it's bruises and frontline. stuff. Like, bruises. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. 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 Wow. Well, at least there's no uh, checkmate format for MSI, so it's not going to matter that much. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing some big cash outs, hopefully, for people like trying to claw it back in the last couple of games, but uh, I think people are going to probably try to play a lot more standard games and not play risky, because getting like each extra placement uh, in MSI each day can make impact, and when you go to the next day, your tiebreaker is your, your final score from the day before. So even if you're like already guaranteed in, you still want to like get those little extra placements in the next to to oh. give you an advantage in the next day. I like that I idea mean, for as what a way. Sorry, David, you go. Okay, I mean, I was gonna say for what it's worth. Um, I think that like uh, as much as we do like to complain, uh, like oh, you know, these econ traits hurt competitive integrity, blah 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 blah. You know, uh, I, I mean, they do lead to some of the most hype moments possible. I mean, I particularly yeah. remember last set. I remember uh, 5.5 NA originals when Spencer hit the uh, the five turn golden egg, used that to go first, and that was and and, and make uh, worlds, and that was like one of the most hype moments. So yeah, I mean to play devil's advocate, they do lead to some pretty pretty good viewing experience. Yeah, well it's it's definitely fun to play them. Like don't get me wrong, I love <laughs> playing sure, Mercs. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean we've talked about this before, but in set three. Point five, Kuhn's playing Space Pirates, and there's a GP on the fourth three carousel. Yes. He's twenty. He's like fifteen health. He needs the GP. The other guy just takes it. He loses. He goes eight. <laughs> he misses out on the worlds because of it. That's great. That's uh, so lost funny. Yeah. Lost the fifty-fifty. Lost the side I love that you can grieve in TF uh, TFT. It's like one of my favorite things. It's like. It doesn't usually work out for me, um, but like when you see someone going for an early Merc streak and you just full sell your board because you're not going to win other board other rounds anyway, um, and then they come up against you and you break their streak on like three three losses and you're like, mm, it sucks to be you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're you're like semi you're like semi opening with yodels and then like you just see two Merc plays and you'll be like, yes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But that zigs in the front line. It's like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I certainly think that there's ways for them to change the econ fun, get a big cash out, post the highlight on YouTube and on Reddit clip that are not damaging to the competitive scene overall, like Fortune ended up being in 4.5. Um, and that, I mean, even a short period of time, although we didn't have so many impactful tournaments on it, uh, Mercs has really, really been a staple of a lot of set six tournaments at the moment for sure and that's not Sorry. it's it's how fun is it to watch i'm not sure i find it fun i bet the dude that cashes out on eight loss has a great time winning the lobby yeah. <laughs> but i mean oh god who knows really to be honest i yeah. think i mean oh sorry it, it, it it's probably fine just if checkmate formats didn't exist because like you you can in for a first place in a normal game like it's whatever it's just when checkmate formats exist and like the only way for you or the most consistent way for you to win is just to not even try to play the game but rather just like go straight for mercs but i mean a lot of players don't do it anyway like chunga i don't think did it oh 
Did he do it? He did it in one of his games, I'm pretty sure. He rolled wow. for Merc in one of his games, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was the last one. I think it was like his second game. I think it was. Actually, I think it was the last game. He My did. He did roll for yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's what I mean. Like, it, it just comes down to like you're just playing for first, so you're just going to try to play shit like Mercs. Yep, yep. Yeah, why not? It's good fun. Yeah, but I just don't think it's like optimal in a competitive setting. I think like, it's just I, tough, I, I, right? I think yeah. just, yeah, I don't know, it's hard. Like, I don't think first like, place should yeah. win the tournament. But it's like, all... that's what they're doing. Because <laughs> well, it's like, on one hand, right, checkmate is actually genuinely exciting to watch. Like, when you're invested in literally every, the outcome of, like, every single game, right? Yeah. Uh, it is genuinely exciting to watch. Um, but obviously, we all know the issues with checkmate. And on the other hand, it's like, let's say checkmate doesn't exist, right? Like, the tourney could end and you still have to play a game out because, like, there are, like, you know, there's prize money on the line, so placement matters, so you have to play the game out, but you already know who's won the tourney, and that's kind of boring to watch, especially if it's, like, your worlds, you know? Like, could you imagine, like, play, like, the last game of worlds, and, like, the, the victor's already decided, and then you're just, like, woo and the comment the commentators just have to, like, try to make it interesting. Like, the casters yeah. have to try to make it interesting for, like, a whole, like, 40 minutes. I need to be, like, Oh yeah, by the way, congratulations to this guy who already secured the first. Yay, he's our world champion. Yeah, usually usually what it comes down to is like in that last game, like in a six game format, in that last game there will pretty much be a winner, but they have to get like uh, a fifth or higher or something to actually win the tournament. Um, and it's, it's usually like neck and neck between two people, but it has to be like some obscure situation where like, the guy in second has to come first, and the guy in first has to come exactly seventh or something. Um, and it's just like, as soon as the person in eighth playing their sixth game where they technically can't win loses because they've got no reason to be playing the game, um, then it's already decided. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for that's... sure, for sure. I don't know. Well, still more work needs to be done. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy problem to fix. Nah, no, definitely not, but... We, I think, I think five and six is. You just gotta hope the players like to play the last game, <laughs> mm-hmm. which most of them sure. do. Most do. Yeah, I, I'm sure that. I mean, the more games of TFT you play, I think, the more chance. Let's say chance. The more chance there is that luck will even out, and that's what we talk about quite a lot as well. Like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. you had a, a really bad first couple of games. Well, there's always, I mean, there's equal chance that the next three games are going to be, you're going to have a really good time, you're going to do really well, you're going to get a really strong 1-4 augment, those kind of things. So there's certainly a lot of incentive for those last few games to be, like, really, like, interesting, you know, at the end of the day. I, th- I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely all the all the games are interesting for sure. Especially when there's like so much on the line for the the players themselves. Like everyone wants to go to the the next set or the next um world, but we've only got one slot, so kind of got to put in your put in the work, I guess. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I think it's uh, I think it's time that we move on to sort of the questions aspect, and we've got some really good ones. We've been holding off on a couple of topics that I wanted to save for now so i think there's going to be some really interesting really interesting topics of discussion to have here oh, all right it's uh yeah so without further ado let's do some questions all right uh cool so the first question um yeah it's probably going to be directed to you Takin. um what 
that's like the key features that sort of make a TFT tourney sort of fun to organize in particular. Um, fun to organize. Um, uh, <laughs> like, as in, uh, I mean, I enjoy running all of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe to give you a bit of rope. So it's like, um, obviously, like, people enjoy, like, playing tourneys, right? And there's, like, a lot of reasons that, you know, people can probably think of as, like, why they enjoy participating in tourneys. So I guess it's more of, like, you know, what are the particular sort of, you know, um, what makes it, I guess, fulfilling, I would say, actually. Um, okay. What's, like, what's particularly, like, fulfilling about uh, organizing, like, running the admin side rather than yep. being on the competing side? Yeah. Well, I, I, wanted, I wanted to compete, um, but obviously can't at the moment because I'm running it. Um, but, yeah, like, in set three when regionals wasn't very good, like, I, I competed in set three regionals um, and was just kind of really sad about how it turned out. Um, and I didn't want players to like um, kind of have to go through it again because like yeah, I, right. I was a part of it. And I was like, damn, this this sucks. Um, like having to play in lobbies with people in random normal games and stuff. Like it was, yeah. it was, not, it was not lit. Um, so yeah, I just I want the the players to I guess enjoy playing. So I guess their enjoyment of it makes it better for me that's my fulfillment for it i guess like yeah, yeah, the, right. the only reason i do it do it is because there's like a scene there that wants to play competitively yeah. like if if people didn't show up and didn't want to play these tournaments i, I wouldn't run them but there's so many people there that want to compete um and i i want to i want us to win worlds like i want to build a format that gets the best player in oce at, at, in that set at that time to worlds to win um typically we've fallen short in the checkmate format at the end, but that's why I've incorporated it into our current series to give our players a taste of it. So when they get to worlds, we can get higher than fifth. Oh yeah, fascinating. Awesome. <laughs> no, that's so good to hear. I mean, I guess that's that's why you're a legend, right? <laughs> that's yeah, really just, why you're a legend. That's I just why, want to win yeah. worlds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that's that's so. I, I think that's like so. I think that's so cool, and I can really, really respect that. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say other than that, like, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, moving on, let's go with, uh, all right, so they, yeah, let me just quickly fully read it. Okay, cool. So it's, it's sort of like somewhat related to like um, spectator mode. Uh, so are there any features that we'd like built into the client? Uh, also known as sort of replays, um, backseat mode comes to mind, that would make it better for the viewing experience? Um, custom lobbies and spectator mode in the live client. Um, we have spectator mode on tournament realms, which we yeah. are using for this MSI. So we will have spectator mode. The spectator mode is still very bare bones. Um, all it does is show the players like view and stuff. Like you can't see anything else really, um, which is fine, but it's just, I don't know. Like I want it to be on live servers. Like when I'm running Friday Fiesta, I would love to be able to like cast that and just hop into a lobby and just bring it up between games. Like. At, at the community as a whole as well like when people are casting their own tournaments especially in OCE for example without like notoriously bad internet um it can be hard to find players to be able to stream the games for you like fair enough in like NA they can just get anyone to pop on with a good internet connection but uh, out here like in the sticks we can't do that <laughs> so yeah, sure. um yeah being able to have one person just go in and just be able to cast the entire game would be such a good thing for the competitive scene because all these small tournaments would all of a sudden start having 
casting, basically. You'd see you yep. get a lot more talent onto the scene. The more talent's on the scene, the bigger the scene's growing, the more the game's being viewed on Twitch, the bigger the game's getting. Like, the custom lobbies and spectator mode would just... It, it would increase TFT as a whole viewership, player base. It, it would increase everything. We mm. need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the... I like the risk of like sounding I don't know a little foolish because I feel like we've already mentioned that multiple times at the stream. Um, in regards to like sort of custom lobbies, because I mean this is more coming from me, like my me than like you know anyone else. Uh, just sort of my understanding of it, because like when we were sort of, sort of talking about like custom lobbies, right? Um, how how do we how do you sort of distinguish that between what we currently have, where like you know you sort of uh, open up the game and then you you know you have to you put a lobby of like you know you have to invite the people and everything. You know? That's like eight people, right? So, like, what would be like the key distinctive sort of differences of like custom lobby compared to like right now? I, I don't know if that's like a just really basic stuff like creating yeah. <laughs> lobby, um, like even just lobby creation. So, like, um, the way it works on uh, live now, for example, it, if I wanted to create a lobby, I've got to invite every player. I've then got to yep. tell one other player to invite X person, and then I've got to leave. And then I've got to try to communicate with that player and be like, okay, is he in? Is your lobby ready? You can start now. Um, a custom lobby would just be me like sitting in like the little spectator slot. I would just invite everyone, click okay, and then I can just sit there and wait till them all there. And then I can right. message people and be like, hey, where are you? Where are you? I'm not relying on communication between players and me to figure out who's missing from what lobby. Um, it, it would just be a lot easier if I could set things up in custom lobbies in a big list or mm -hmm. something, because then I can create... We've already done it on the um the tournament servers. If you actually... You can do it on live now. I only just realized this, but when you go and invite a player, you can actually just put a comma between each player's name, and you can invite eight, seven players at once. Oh, okay. I, I didn't so, know this either. Yeah, I didn't know this. So we, we, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. we can just get the bot when it prints out the um the, the lobby list from the spreadsheets. We can just have it automatically have the commas there. So I'll literally just be able to copy and paste into these lobbies, um, and I, I could set up, a, like, a 20-lobby tournament in, like, five minutes um, and just have all these invites pending. I'd be able to pop into them. It would just make managing everything a lot easier um that's uh, like that benefits me i guess not really the players um <laughs> but everyone else that's running tournaments it also benefits them so i mean as someone who has played in you know some of the open uh in an open qualifying planning on playing more of them um, it definitely will it definitely like i can definitely see how like it would greatly help um just the whole getting into lobbies right like i've you know had games where like you know people in the wrong lobby for example and it's like really confusing yeah. and then um i think there's like it was like one situation where like someone's name was different yep. than the name that was displayed like on the Discord lobby. So I'm like, okay, is this guy meant to be in the lobby? Are we good to start? You know, yeah. um, and, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely helps out. It, it, funny enough, I mean, we all come from card games. It, it almost reminds me of when um, the round pairings go up and everyone is just awkwardly shuffling around this convention yeah. hall looking for the right table. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if they don't have table numbers, you're like, who's yeah, this yeah, person? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Except, yeah. you know, we're playing a digital video game, you know, yeah. <laughs> we should yeah. probably be above that. Because if, if I had, like, lobbies A to F or something set up in custom lobbies and I could just post the thing in Discord and say, you're in this lobby, it's going to be so much easier for people to just open the custom lobby section and go, cool, there's my lobby enter like for sure yeah it would just it would just be easier <laughs> hopefully they do it uh, yeah hell yeah
Right. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Um, next, next one. Uh, I, I quite like this one personally as well. So, um, yeah. So, really curious to see what you think about this question. So, most players tend to watch um, tourneys through the perspective of like the, their streams instead of the main broadcast, right? Uh, for example, like you know, a lot of people watch uh, the stream through like Soju's perspective or like Hyun's perspective rather than actually watching like the sort of official Riot broadcast. Um, why do you like I think this one sort of explains itself, but why do you think this is and what can we you know is this a problem? What can we do to sort of improve this? Um yeah, kinda like that kind of question, okay. I guess. Um, I don't think it's really a problem per se. Like people want to watch their favorite player. Like that's seems completely fair to me. Um uh, the only way like Riot could do it, I guess, rather than having a main broadcast is if they if they um broadcasted everyone's POV. Um, but it's not really much benefit. You may as well just let the yeah. players do it. Um, I prefer I, I prefer to watch the broadcast just because of the the casters for the most part. Um, just kind of breaking down the action. Like um, I don't know. Like it's <laughs> it's I, I prefer to watch the broadcast. It's like it's what I do. So um, the people that do watch the individual streamers, like I understand why they want to do it. They want to see like their their favorite streamer win or their friend win, etc., mm. which is completely fine. I've got nothing against it. Yeah. Um, which is why, like, we don't we don't care if people stream um, their, their own POV and we encourage it most of the time. Um, and, like, we, we ask them to put the the banners and stuff on their streams anyway, mm -hmm. so it still benefits us. So not that we have sponsors, but um, <laughs> maybe we will. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's much of a problem, really. Like, people just want to watch their favorite streamer, which is completely fine. Yeah. I think that, like, the interesting part of this question, sort of, is that, like, um, it, it almost feels... I, it, I don't know how much, like, the higher-ups at, like, right, at, like, the other divisions really, like, uh, care too much about, like... I don't know how... I, I don't know how much they care about Twitch numbers, for starters. Like, I don't know if, like, you know, if they see that, like, oh, you know, one of our games has, like, 60k viewers whenever we run tourneys, we're gonna give them more funding. I, I, I have zero clue on how that actually works, right? But I think it is interesting um, that, like, especially on a lot of the bigger TFT tourneys, so, like, you know, like, NA Originals comes to mind, where the official broadcast might only have, like, 9 or, like, you know, 8k viewers, but then there's, like, 20,000 people watching Soju. There's, like, yeah. 10,000 people watching Kiyun. Like, the actual, like, amount of people actually watching the tourneys, like, probably easily in, like, the high, like, 80, 90k, even maybe, like, the early 100k's, right? But the official broadcast only says there's, like, 9k viewers. I think that's kind of interesting in that, like, the viewership for TFT is probably actually, like, quite big. Because everyone's watching it through, like, the POVs of different streamers, right? Um, people look, like, higher-ups who sort of don't really know much about the community or anything like that might just look at the numbers and be like, oh, TFT's not that big, it's not doing that well, we've only got, like, 8k or so people watching, the, like, our biggest tourneys or, like, yeah, things like that. So, okay. that's sort of my two cents, but yeah. Well, like, so we get a similar thing, right? So we obviously have Keen. Um, so Keen, when he's live, usually sits around, like, two to 3,000 viewers. Um, so when we're doing our tournaments, like Challenger Series, for example, Keen's still pretty much sitting at around that, um, and then we're sitting at, I think we have like five, six hundred, um, mm. probably less maybe, I don't know. Um, but when we're doing, um, like when we're giving them the stream package to put on their stream and stuff, we're also asking them to like share with us their um, viewership numbers and things like that. So those stats that are on those channels, they're still counted as our stats. Um, right. Okay. Where where they've still got our uh, sponsorships and whatnot on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, like again, not like that we have any, but it still says like order <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So for like trying to get sponsorships and stuff, um, 
those stats count for us. So, oh, um, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. So those keen stats really kind of pad our numbers a lot. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of where <laughs> yeah. we're trying to get more. So like, uh, right, we've right. Really got our two biggest streamers is just Keen and Escher. Um, everyone else usually sits like um, kind of around a couple of hundreds and stuff for other players, but Keen and Escher pull pull ahead of the pack a lot for OCE. Uh, sure, for sure. So yeah, having their stats still count for us is really good for us. It's really good for us. Yeah, I mean that's so interesting to me. I actually didn't even know it worked like that. So I guess like the answer to this question is is that yeah, streaming streaming PvP is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Keep it going. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, good. Keep I going. think the only one they shouldn't do it for is probably like worlds because there should be a main broadcast of that and that like that should always be developed and whatnot. So um, I think Worlds being just the main broadcast is probably how that should be. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, if it weren't for COVID, Worlds would be, like, live. It would be, like, a LAN kind of thing. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah it like... was meant to be last set, so... Mm, yeah, exactly, so, yeah. yeah. I was hoping Riot would fly me to China, but I don't think it was going to happen. All right. Um... Okay, we've got another one. So, what would, what's your favourite sort of most memorable uh, TFT sort of tournament moment in OCE? Your sort of time running events, watching tourneys, yeah. Um, uh, it's probably the most recent um, world, I would reckon. Like, I, I, it was looking really good for Escher. I thought he was going to mm. make it. I thought he was going to be our winner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of didn't work out in the last, like, I think pretty much the last game, if he could have gone first, then he could have, um, I think he was above the threat threshold. Um, but it was just kind of an unlucky game for him. But, yeah, that whole series was like, really good. I was just sitting there cheering at Sean the whole time, pretty much. But yeah, yeah I've, seen, I, I've seen a lot of tournaments, so it's hard to remember most of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that one quite well. Like, there was the failed Karma 3 game into yeah, the... Yeah, oh, it was tragic. Into the, yeah, into the Velkos game, where he high-rolled opener, but then everyone high-rolled that game. Yeah. Then it was just brutal. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm really hoping this next time around, or this time around, we can hopefully win i'm i'm hoping for a top four finish at least but yeah it's it's looking good we've got a lot of really good players uh that are in msi this time around so hopefully they'll translate to better players and of the same players in um regional finals yeah oh yeah uh, yeah absolutely. um just as i think that's uh, uh yeah, yeah. i feel like we've uh covered a lot this evening guys i think so that's, yeah that's been a an absolutely brilliant podcast episode and want to first start off by immensely thanking tycoon for coming on and talking about his experience running tournaments working on events what it's like setting up tournaments in oceania and a little bit about what we can expect from the future so tycoon thank you so much for joining us this evening that's been absolutely fantastic yeah thanks for having me it's been fun and um I will not let us get out of here until we get a final word from my <laughs> beloved co-host, and that's Sol. Sol, thank you very much for, for joining me this evening, as always. To be here, as always. Keep saying that. But yeah, it really is uh, so fun to be here every, uh, every time we are. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, guys. Well, let's start. First of all, we'll finish off. Tycoon, where can people find you if they're, if they're looking for you? Um... Oh, well, I have, a, I have a tournament Discord that people are welcome to join if they would like to compete in tournaments, only on the OCE server, but anyone is welcome to play. Um, I've got a Discord link. Is that enough? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. 
I mean, I've got Twitter and Twitch and stuff, but I'm not really a content creator. So um, if people need me for tournaments, feel free to reach out in DMs. Um, but yeah, for the most part, just join the Tawny Discord and get around the casual action there. And then, yeah, join the Order Discord for more competitive stuff. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, finally, Sol. Everybody by now should know, but if you're a new listener, where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I stream on Twitch, uh, Sol underscore TFT, uh, it's all you'll find me. I'm slowly trying to get a schedule, actually, pat down. So, looking at consistently streaming uh, Friday and Saturday nights, um, around, like, usually, like, kind of latish hours, around, like, 9 o'clock, uh, 9 p.m. That's Sydney time onwards. So, yeah, that's where you guys can find me. Yeah, understandable. And I'm glad that you're coming up with a nice little, um, nice little schedule. It's going to be great. Yeah, All right, yeah. guys. We'll, we'll see if I actually stick to it. I'm sure you will. I'm sure that you yeah. will. Guys, the number one thing that I want to say before we go is thank you very much for listening. We have been the Roll Down Podcast. So that's from myself, Cutler, from Soul, and from Tycoon. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Bye.